This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Let's go! and you're listening to That's The Ticket with Hannah Mooney. Now, the end of 2021 is nigh, so I figured now is a more fitting time than ever to do an episode that's sort of a year in review, mixed with a looking to the future. Killer combo, I know. And uh, to keep on with the year in review vibes, I'm very pleased to welcome Missy Mooney back onto the show. Missy was probably one of my most regular guests on That's The Ticket this year, so it feels rather fitting to have her back to talk about what's been and what is to come in 2022. Kia ora, Missy. Kia ora, Hannah. Good to be back, mate. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because you describe me as a regular guest on That's The Ticket. I think it's probably more apt to say I'm a regular guest in your life. Yes, yeah, and I will say part of the reason why you were a regular guest this year is when we were in lockdown and I was recording at home, you were right there. Mm. Also, I just love having a yarn with you. I probably should have led with that as opposed to going with, you were there. Close enough. Thanks, Han. Hey, anytime. Um, I, I've got you back, so, you know, that counts for something. But uh, to the year in review, I'm just going to start with something easy. That's definitely not a broad question that's difficult for you to answer. But um, 2021, creative highlights. I've, I've got some smaller questions I just wanted to to uh, put you on the spot there. But um, I think I'll start with uh, shows you worked on this year, because it was definitely... An interesting year is the phrase everyone uses. Yeah, and I think, you know, everyone's going to agree that it has certainly been an interesting year and it's certainly been a different year, um, a challenging year, um, especially for theatre or live performance, which is what I do, I guess, mm. in an arts capacity because you have lots of different artists or type of types of creative people on the show and... Um, yeah, I guess my thing is theatre and live theatre events were kind of put on hold for quite a postponed, put on hold, cancelled for quite a large portion of the year. So it was a bit tricky. And it's a bit of a quiet one for you. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I only did two shows, worked on two shows this year, which is quite quiet for me. Um, in the past, I've been quite prolific, but, you know, it was nice um, as well. And I was really lucky to be able to work on the stuff I was able to work on. Mm. Um to manage just kind of slip in in between COVID situations and stuff like that. So that was good. Um, so do you want me to just oh, talk yeah. about them? Yeah, you can just get get into it. Get on in. Get on in. Um, why? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so That's part of the show now. Get on in. Don't do it again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so 
I guess we'll do it chronologically because that makes sense to me. Mm. Um, the first show I did in 2021 was at the Hamilton Gardens Arts Festival. So right at the beginning of the year. Yeah, in Feb, February. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the stage manager for Carving and Ice Theatre's production of Escaped Alone, which is a play by Carol Churchill. Um, he's quite a well-known, well-renowned, well-respected playwright. Yeah. They've they've been around for a bit. Oh, mate, Carol. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's getting on a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was after I saw the play, I like did the old post show like Google. Yeah. And I yeah, she's. Is she like eighty? I don't. I'm not gonna. <laughs> don't fact check me. I'm right. sorry, Carol. Um, she won't be listening. She might. <laughs> she heard you were on the show, so. Oh, right. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of a stage management gig, it was pretty chill. Like, um, basically, the play runs for under an hour. I think we were, f- like, consistently 54 minutes or 55 minutes. That's which so is specific. Like, I love Well, it. it was. I mean, they did a really good job of just hitting it every time, um, hitting each beat, getting the, the pacing quite right. And I think that the kind of play that it was, um, pacing was really important. Um, mm. It was something they really had to think about managing and make sure they kind of oh I think yeah it wasn't so much for me anyway it wasn't so much a story play but definitely more of a vibe play which sounds really lame but it's not a story in the traditional sense no um yeah so basically I think you actually had some people on didn't you I was gonna say but I'm like please do maybe just go through the uh, cast members yeah yeah so refresh Basically, the play um, is set in a back garden, and it's a group of four women. Mm. Um, I think the play specifically calls for older women um, having, you know, a cup of tea, afternoon tea, um, having a bit of a chat and a gossip. Um, You get a sense that they kind of, um, most of them know each other, and then one of them is a kind of more of a newcomer to the group. Mm. Um, So there's four women, and they were incredible um, local actors, Um, just really, you know, definitely people I look up to in the community. Um, yeah, that we had Sarah Young, uh, Mandy Faulkner, Fiona Sneed, and Julianne Boyle. Yes, I think I had uh, Mandy and Fiona on yeah. That's the Ticket. Gosh, it feels like years ago. Well, it kind of was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. um, yeah, so those are the four, four actors, and they're all kind of on stage for the whole time. Um, which in a, in itself is quite a big ask. Mm. Um, and with only four people, you kind of have to depend on one another. You really have to kind of be in it. And they're all kind of really there for the whole thing. Um, and basically, they're kind of... It's broken up into scenes where... And it's quite funny at times, quite humorous. And it's quite, like, snappy dialogue where, like, they don't quite... Uh, I'm trying to think of a way to explain it. But it's very, like, they don't quite finish their sentences. But you get the sense of it through how they kind of overlap and intercut yeah like it definitely wasn't your usual beginning middle and end yeah it's quite natural progression in regards to the story it was quite postmodern in a way i think Um, i mean it was fitting because you guys are in the uh surrealist garden yeah and i think there is a surrealness to it and um the scenes were kind of intercut with these kind of post-apocalyptic monologues Mm. which kind of throughout the play built a kind of sense of doom yes um you know, you, we have these kind of almost mundane kind of conversations about soap operas or, you know, just general chat. And then you kind of, this building sense of doom of the world is going to end and 
all this kind of stuff bubbling beneath the surface and then you find out that each of these women kind of has their own internal doom as mm. well um yeah I really liked the play and it was just I guess my job as a stage manager because how it was configured in the garden was that um the audience was seated with their back to the big door mm. it was the big door in that garden yeah <laughs> and facing the kind of paved bit with the trees that wave their arms yeah. so they were facing basically the entrance to the garden so I would kind of stand in the little tunnel out and of sight and just make sure that no one accidentally wandered because if they came in they would have walked right into the performance yeah space, right on stage which would have been not great for the actors but probably would have been quite scary if you were just a <laughs> member of the public and suddenly you're standing in front of an audience yeah in front of 100 people or whatever um but yeah it was just really nice to be able to just listen to it um, mm. listen to the play every night um yeah so that was that was escaped alone and what else did you, you you squeezed in another show yeah i did um and you'll know about this one i will <laughs> um i was also actually yeah i haven't performed in anything this year oh true yeah, i haven't been on stage which is probably i was thinking about this the other day actually it's probably the longest i've gone in since i did my first show when mm. i was like three or four <laughs> at good old Rivoli. Um, the first time I haven't performed since then. Yeah, in the longest amount of time. I'm pretty sure I've been in something, whether it be a school show or a community yeah. show every year, you know. This will be the longest amount of time I've gone without performing, mm. um, which is interesting. So you have to make up for it in 2022. Oh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, that was a bit sidetracky, wasn't yeah. it? Well, it's a fun fact for everyone. Um, it was very fun. Yeah, so I, the the other production that I worked on in 2021, um, I also stage managed. Mm -hmm. um, and it was the musical Heathers, um, which was on at the Meteor in June. June, yeah. Yeah, and that was that was really cool. It, again, it had been a while since I stage managed a musical. Mm -hmm. And kind of the complete opposite to something like Escaped Alone. A lot more kind of technically demanding, um, larger cast, um, obviously the kind of musical and choreographic elements. Um, yeah, it was just a bit more complicated in a different kind of way. Um, I was definitely a bit more busy um, backstage. And I, I think a highlight for me was probably the Revolve. Um, that was a really cool thing about that production was that um, there was a big Revolve kind of upstage or near the back of the stage with a wall going across and basically the backstage crew which was me and then I had five or six other six, crew members I think it was yeah I can't remember if it's six including me or oh, five true. plus me there were six or seven of us and yeah. um, basically a scene would be going on kind of in front of the wall and then on the other side we'd be loading up the next like furniture or props or whatever mm. for the next scene on the reverse side of the revolve and then we'd spin it 180 and then swap it and then spin it 180 so we kind of change scenes that way um and that was really cool i think it was a really effective way how to, many people did it take to um so it? usually if it was only going 180 degrees mm. uh three people okay um but also, it depended on what else what else was on the revolve. Yeah. So, for example, when even if it went 180, um, but there was the whole cast on it, which mm. I think we did a couple times, then yeah. we'd get four people just to give a bit of an extra push because it mm. gets a wee bit heavy. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah so that that was quite a challenge and it was most i have worked with revolves before but usually they have a motor so they're it's not a button powered um whereas this was manual so we all had like poles <laughs> and little slots that you put the pole into and literally push it kind of like i don't know like a horse you know like yeah. spinning a thing it makes you kind of think about a like a roundabout yeah well i mean yeah yeah, it's all swings and roundabouts. Yeah, so um, that was a challenge as well. Um, but it was really, really cool, and it was quite busy because I think we ended up having something like twenty-five revolves, which That's is quite a lot. A fair like, and I, I remember telling people who'd watch the show, being like, "Yeah, we we had twenty-five revolve moves," and they're like, "What?" Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's good if they didn't realise that it's that many. It obviously means that it was unobtrusive it and was effective. Quite seamless, I'll say. Thank you. Um, apart from there was a few <laughs> few whoopsie moments. But hey, that's that's live theatre. Yeah. Can't beat it. Yeah. Um, so that was that was really fun, and I'm quite a, I'm quite a fan of the musical as well. So mm-hmm. it was really cool to be able to work on a a show that you kind of never thought you'd be able to work on. Yeah. Yeah. It was my bucket list show too because yeah. I produced Heather's with uh, Black Box Creative. Um, shout out to Black Box for having me and uh, letting me do that show. So and it was really nice to work with you as well. Yeah, I, I think, mean I think that was great cuz I don't know, I feel like it's one of the first times we've where you've full on produced it and I've stage managed it. So that was actually really nice to do yeah. it with you. Um maybe we'll have to do it again sometime. Never. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. But in in terms of highlight other Kind of creative highlights for me. Obviously, that's the ticket with Hannah Mooney's been thriving. Um, Heather's was a big one for me. And then I'm just really stoked that in between lockdowns, I managed to see something at every theatre in Kirikiriroa this year. So I saw stuff at the Meteor, Rivoli, Clarence Street, um, the Gallagher Academy of Performing Arts. I don't think I'm missing anyone. Gardens. Oh, yeah, HGAF. And I think I even had a cheeky gaslight theatre in there. But... um, not 100% sure on that, so don't quote me. <laughs> but uh, more importantly, or equally importantly, it's uh, time for a very important segment on That's the Ticket. I know what this is going to be. Um, Missy, quickly intro the okay, segment. Okay, well, it's time for one of my segments on the show. Uh, it's called Rick's Pick. I'm trying to do this like Hannah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's called Rick's Pick. So we have an Uncle Rick. Um, he's got a great musical taste. Mm-hmm. Um, very eclectic, very kind of well-versed and spans quite a long time. He's been listening to a lot of lot of different music for a long time. Um, and he gave Hannah a list, and every week Hannah picks a song off that list, and it's called Rick's Pick. That How was, was that? That wasn't quite as good as me introing it, oh, that was pretty good. Uncle Rick can be the judge. Yeah, okay, well, come on, I need to know what, <laughs> what the pick is. So this week I've got a song by a band called Headband, and it's called Good Time Feeling because that's how we're kind of all feeling with the end of this um, incredible year drawing near. So uh, this one's for you, Uncle Rick, and here's hoping those listening right now get that good time feeling vibe too. Well, listen, pretty baby, well, you know it's all right, but you just look like you're gonna fall down and fight. Come on, baby, get that good time Try to tell you every little thing's okay But you just don't listen to me anyway Come on baby, get 
week's Rick's Pick Good Time Feeling by Headband and I would say that I'm feeling like I'm having a good time. Uh, You're listening to That's the Ticket with Hannah Mooney and special guest today, the one, the only, Missy Mooney. Do you like that? A bit much. I I could have hammed it up a little bit more to Mm. be honest but also I'm just very aware every time I have you on the show that it just sounds like I'm talking to like another version of myself because we sound the same. Yeah, this is actually just Hannah talking still. Yeah, I'm just a very good performer, guys. (laughs) Imagine. I should try. I should just pretend to have an interview with myself, and people would probably believe that it was you. Maybe. Mm, I think it would depend on what you said. (laughs) Yes, I think it would too. But uh, Missy and I have been kind of doing a year in review, uh, going over cool creative happenings that we're involved in. I I think it's quite a subjective year in review so far. Like, we're not... 
well, I'm not claiming to be gen- generally reviewing the year because that's a lot. That's a lot of pressure, I think, for a whole year. But I guess I've just talked about a few things I've done this year. Yeah, we've been talking about our own years because this is that's the together with Hannah Mooney, so it is about Hannah Mooney. No, I'm kidding. Uh, anyway, uh, we were touching on uh, Heather's and Escaped Alone, shows that Missy was involved in mm. uh, this year. I almost said last year. Um, and how I also was involved in Heather's yeah. uh, big highlight for me. Um, didn't plug it before, so going to plug it now, but uh, one of the greatest things about Heather's, aside from getting to work with an awesome cast, crew, and production team, especially Missy, um, was that we sold out the show before it even opened. Yeah, The it was whole season. Crazy. Yeah. And then added in an extra show, which also sold out. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I'm like, this is... Yeah, I would never have expected that. Yeah, I always thought it was quite niche, but it's got quite a quite a following, even in Hamilton. Yeah. So it's great. I mean, I had the same thing uh, with uh, Benny Marama on the last episode of That's the Ticket about how Assassins has uh, had quite a niche following as well. Yeah, I think also as well, just because Assassins is, you know, they've been postponed so many times mm. and there's kind of a sense of, we finally get to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, people, you know, the last live musical theatre that people in Hamilton were able to go to was quite some time ago. So there's also, you know, a lot of people just want to go along and see stuff mm. um, as well. And so with that kind of in mind, I feel like 2022 is going to be, hopefully, fingers crossed and touch wood and all of that, a great year for um, locally created art, I think, because people are like, 2021 was all over the show, now's my chance, just do it. Yeah, well, hopefully um, everything will be a bit more stable mm. um, with the new, well, it's not that new, but the traffic, the traffic light mm. um, protection framework um there should be less instances, I would hope, of stuff having to be unexpectedly cancelled um, and more kind of provision for stuff to safely be able to go ahead. Um, and as well with like vaccines and vaccine passports and certificates and all of that, um, it should should kind of make more things possible. Yes. I mean, we'll, we'll wait and see. It, things are looking great so far, though. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of people have been running with running with it and uh, it's great to see a lot of stuff that was meant to go ahead this year pop up for next year um for example hamilton musical theaters mama mia the musical have got dates in february now i've already got my tickets no because i had um some cast members from the show on that's the ticket and i at the time we had no idea what yeah, was going to happen yeah. and so i'm just so glad because they were like packed into the theater and stuff and then lockdown happened. Here we go again. Oh, Mamma Mia, here we go again. My, my. Oh. I can't stop. No, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm... Oh, my, my. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, I'll stop with the ABBA puns. <laughs> otherwise, we're just going to spend the next, like, whatever's left of the episode just doing, like, ABBA. Yeah. No, but uh, back to reviewing 2021 for mm. ourselves. Um things you discovered is kind of the next thing I want to talk to you about because I know you and I know you do a lot of reading um you read a lot of plays you engage with um a lot of 
stuff and so I feel yeah but you're not this I'm very much if I love a movie I will just watch it every day until I'm sick of it Mm. whereas I feel like you're always on the hunt for checking stuff out you know yeah I guess so um I guess the main reason well part of the reason I read or have been reading a lot of plays is because I'm studying towards my PhD at the moment um, in theatre studies at the University of Waikato, so um, I kind of read it, have to read a lot of plays and read a lot of stuff, as you as you said, for that. I mean, so. this is a leading question, because, you know, I had um, the joy, that sounds sarcastic, but I was really <laughs> glad to have you in lockdown and stuff, but you were, like, reading a play a day or a book a day, like, it was... Yeah, um, I do like reading as well. I like reading about theatre. I like reading reviews. I like reading about how other people have done plays and, and stuff mm. like that. I really like reading plays as well. Um, although watching them is great, but reading them you kind of... There's nothing like encountering a play for the first time yep. um, and reading for the first time because when you read it for the first time, you imagine it all in your head, whereas when you see the performance, they're showing you it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I like both, but I do really like, yeah, encountering a play for the first time. Um, so I uh, use, use the word discover, and I don't know if I discovered thing. I rediscovered a lot of a lot of things because um, doing my PhD, you kind of have to plan. You, you plan your research, like you yeah. propose what you're going to do. You kind of know where you're going, so it's not like. It's not surprising, <laughs> like, oh my god, you know, you're reading or researching to a specific goal, so you kind mm. of know what you're getting into. So I would say I rediscovered a lot of a lot of plays that I'd read before that I'm like, oh, I'm going to read again just to, you know, have a refresher or just to yeah. see if I notice anything different about it, re-familiarize myself with it. Um, yeah, so I read a lot of my PhDs on documentary theatre, um, which do, do I need to explain? I should probably explain. I mean, do you I, want to explain? Uh, am I up to explaining? Well, you go and then I'll, I'll correct you. Documentary theatre. Okay, so similar to verbatim theatre. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> yeah. No, no, okay. What I was going to go with is oh, because yeah. verbatim theatre, um, which I feel like we've talked about on That's the Ticket before, mm. is theatre that is constructed from um interviews that you conduct with people and turn the dialogue is used word for word verbatim to create yep. the play documentary theater is similar um and that it is the umbrella which verbatim theater falls under yeah that's great so um oh, man that was good I, I don't know why I asked you to do it. Oh, it's no, no. like literally what my job is at the moment is to think about this and I asked you to explain it. <laughs> yeah, but like, I feel like we've been swapping um, roles today on the show because you introed Rick's pick. Maybe. I introed what you were doing um, your PhD on and like are very knowledgeable about. It seems like a fair trade. Well, I guess as well, you've <laughs> been stuck with me, especially during lockdown, with me going on and on about it. So you know quite a lot now. You're I'm an unofficial yeah. research associate. Let's make it official, guys. <laughs> yeah, so I guess... Um, so documentary is just the, a general term for theatre that uses documentary source materials such as recorded interviews, newspapers, court transcripts, personal writings, diaries, correspondence, um, official documents, um, press releases, and other media kind of mm. 
coverage or releases, you know, anything that's kind of generally kind of found or existing in the world uses this as source material and usually it's used in the play unedited. So, um, yeah, that's what documentary theatre is and I've been reading, I guess, a lot of, rereading a lot of documentary um, plays and I think what's cool about documentary theatre is because it's very like, especially verbatim because it catches the vernacular speak. Mm. So for example, this, you know, that's the ticket, the conversation we're having right now is being recorded. I could take this and put it into a play and it would have all of our kind of ums and ahs and stutters and idiosyncrasies and that kind of goes into the play and it makes it seem, it gives it a level of truth and authenticity and like realness that other theatre sometimes doesn't Mm. have. It's quite relatable in a way and I think what is really cool is often um, documentary plays are focused on a specific event um, or an idea and they kind of capture a snapshot of time. Um, and I think at the moment, this year especially, has certainly been, a sna- you know, it's been a certain period of time that yeah. I think we're always going to remember. It's been a moment in history. Um, so I think reading about other moments in history, I don't know, was kind of comforting or knowing that this will be the same thing. Like, actually, I think um, there is a New Zealand verbatim or documentary play kind of in response to COVID-19. I think it was Miranda Harcourt. Oh, um, yes. I can't remember what it's called, which is, I probably shouldn't even be talking about it if we <laughs> don't have all the information. But I know that um, Jacinda Ardern is a character um, in the play. And yeah, and actually there was one um, called The Line, which was done in America. Mm. Um and that was uh, interviews with a whole bunch of doctors and healthcare workers about, um, yeah, COVID. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of documentary theatre made in response to this uh, moment in history. Well, and especially when people have had the time yeah. <laughs> to, make, yeah. to make stuff. Yeah, so I don't know if that's really answered your question. Well, no, I think it is to summarise because I'm going to summarise. If you think necessary, yes. Well, seeing as I was the person who defined... The thing that you are an expert in. Oh, I don't know um, about that. Uh, not yet. You've still got the rest of your PhD yeah. to go. Um, yeah. No, but to summarise, you're saying that 2021, in terms of reading plays and other texts and stuff, it was um, there was a lot of rediscovery. Yeah, um, well, I, I read plays I'd, I'd encountered yeah. earlier in my academic career that yeah, I was revisiting. Seeing them in a different lens and hopefully getting more out of them. Yeah, yeah. And then to me, the only thing that I'm going to pinpoint, because obviously I did a lot of listening. Everyone knows I'm like a secret diehard musical theatre fan. It's not a secret. And so I listened to a lot of musicals this year. But uh, one that I want to quickly plug is the unofficial Bridgerton musical by Balam and Bear. Now I watched... Sorry, what was the name? The unofficial Bridgerton musical. No, by, by who? Barlow and Bear. Barlow and Bear. Yeah, Abigail Barlow and Emily Bear. Okay, you just, it ran together a wee bit. It's all good. <laughs> Bridgerton fans out there will know, but like, right. there's a TV series on Netflix called Bridgerton, which I watched and I didn't really like it. But then <laughs> these um, two creators came together and um, created the unofficial Bridgerton musical yeah. via TikTok. Oh, wow. And it's actually really good. Like, I like it more than the show. Mm. And now they've been nominated for a Grammy. 
Wow. And aren't they, I think Hannah's been going on about Bridget and the Musical Fever. Yeah. Um, and I think I've listened to a bit of it. It's not quite my jam, but I no. do respect the talent that's gone into it because mm. they're both really young, right? Yep. Yeah. Emily Bear's like one of the youngest, like, most well-renowned, like, composers. Mm. And then Abigail Barlow. I feel like they're, like, our age. They're American, sure. right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And don't they do something like one of them does all the voices? Yeah. So um, Abigail Barlow does all the voices of all the characters in the show. And so there's, like, big group numbers and it's just her doing different voices. And yeah. then em- Emily does the piano. Yeah, it's pretty and amazing. I think she might do one of the voices. I'm not sure. Yeah. But um, it is available on Spotify and on YouTube as well. And you can see some of the videos of them creating it. Um, which I haven't watched many of those because I'm not that big on TikTok. Right. I'm just big on listening uh, to music. But on the note of music, um, note of music, that's kind of <laughs> a pun, um, I'm going to break and for a song. And because it's an end of year special, I've got to chuck in a Christmas track for mum. Yeah. Hi, mum. Kilda mum. And so this one is a new Christmas song that came out this year, which is Merry Christmas by Alton John and Ed Sheeran. Build a fire and gather round the tree Fill a glass and maybe come and sing with me
Christmas. No, that was Merry Christmas uh, by Alton John and Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Sorry, that took me took me back. Yeah, Missy was genuinely um, just surprised. She just looked at me and was like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then I just did it and looked at you like, now you go. Yeah, how do you follow that Merry Christmas? Um, I quite like that song. I'm not a huge Christmas music person i think you're probably a little bit more into that you have have quite a good christmas playlist thank you i'm like now's a good time to plug it's called simply having a wonderful christmas time i'll put it up with the podcast of this yeah it's quite fun um but i think that song always makes me think of mum because our awesome mum cecilia mooney uh likes that song yeah and she said to me the other day she's like have you watched the video she doesn't sound like that so i don't know why i did that voice but um the video is quite fun too with um ed sheeran and alton john and they're wearing like matching tracksuits or christmas yeah there's there's just some christmas costumery that's wonderful yeah but uh yeah that one's for you mum i know it's not white christmas but i'm pretty sure i've played that on the show before and it's Mm. nice to play different christmas songs I think. Yeah. Especially if we're only going to have one today. Got to make it a good one. That's it. That's all you get. Yeah. (laughs) No more Christmas music um, between now and next year. No, but this is That's the Ticket with uh, Hannah Mooney and Missy Mooney today. Yeah. Uh, You're listening to Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. And we've just been talking about 2021, kind of a self-summary of our own kind of creative expeditions this year expeditions just i almost said exhibitions as a pun but then i don't know if it would have landed because it's actually a different thing yeah i think it just would have been the wrong word yep (laughs) (laughs) okay looking to the future though yeah uh because as i said at the top of the show 2022 is like just around the corner it's basically here yeah and it's coming (laughs) it's coming but they uh, are coming I do want to ask you, Missy, um, yes, Hannah, <laughs> if you've got anything coming up that you can talk about. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I can talk about it. Well, it's kind of already been talked about. I know. So. It's a leading question. I mean, most... Que- anyway, we won't get into the yeah. background of questions, but... Um, <laughs> open questions. Leading questions. Anyway. That'll be a different episode. The oh, questions yeah. episode. The questions of questions. Yeah. Um, yeah, so last week you had Benny Marama on the show, mm-hmm. um, and he talked a little bit about uh, 3T's production of Julius Caesar, which yeah. is going to be on as part of the Hamilton Gardens Arts Festival in 2022, mm-hmm. and I'm fortunate enough to be cast in that production. Yeah, Benny talked very highly um, about you, <laughs> and I was like, I'm right here. Uh yeah, well, that was very, very nice. Um, yeah, so I'm playing Portia, which mm-hmm. is Brutus's wife, uh, in this production, um, which is very exciting. It's one of my favourite um, female Shakespeare roles, mm. which is bizarre. And actually, Julius Caesar is one of my favourite Shakespeare plays, which a lot of people are like, hey, because um, it's not... You know, I would say that it's not as widely kind of produced as stuff like Macbeth or A Midsummer Night's Dream or Twelfth Night or, you know... Merchant of Venice. Yeah, I mean, and usually as well, I think the festival has... I think Benny said this too, but the festival has a tendency to do comedies a bit more. For Mm. obvious reasons, you know, it's a bit funner and... um, 
not everyone dies. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. I mean, it's not a spoiler because Julius Caesar was a real person. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like you can't really spoiler alert history. No. <laughs> so. Um, and also the play's been out for centuries. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was really excited to, to be part of to be part of that. Um, yeah. And get get back into performing. Yeah, it's been a hot minute since I've done, as we were saying earlier, been on stage, and yet it's been even longer since I've done Shakespeare properly. Oh, true, so, yeah. Um, yeah, just making sure. Well, it's a good thing that you're a big fan of the play then. Yeah, so like it's, it's funny because I've read the play a couple times. Um, I feel like I know what's going on, you know? <laughs> Um, and I was already quite familiar with Portia's speech because I mm. actually did it as part of an assessment when I was in my undergrad at university. Wow. Theatre Studies 212 with Gay Paul. I did Portia's actor monologue for my classical monologue assessment. Yeah. Um, and I've just kind of, it's kind of just been in my head. It's since just then. stuck with you. Yeah. Well, I feel like, especially if it's something like an assessment, you like. Or you learn it yeah. so well that it's there, like, yeah. air quotes, there forever, or at least for a few years, which is yeah. even with you now. Yeah. Yeah. I just said, yeah, a lot of times. You can say And I, it also, as well, I like to joke that Julius Caesar is kind of as close as Shakespeare gets to a documentary play, because it yes. is based on source material, um, like Plutarch um, mm. wrote, like, way back in the day, um, kind of histories or biographies of famous people so it's based on kind of historical documents so um it's kind of like Shakespeare was making a documentary play well I mean it is like invented in the sense that yes Caesar did get murdered and um you know Octavius was a real person and um there were battles and stuff surrounding the events but he's kind of condensed it all to take place over less amount of time and you know the the famous like friends Roman countrymen that's all kind of invented and yeah et tu brute and all of this like it's all shakespeare but yeah it is based on reality in a sense which is also cool it's nice that it's kind of full circle for you i think yeah and um i guess i'm a little bit of a history nerd around around all of that too i really liked classics at school and learning about like octavius and augustus and roman emperors and all of that so it's cool to be able to be doing this now and knowing a little bit about it or relearning stuff or learning more about it and yeah do you know I was actually talking to someone recently and we were talking about um the FMG stadium Waikato mm. and they were talking about how when they were at high school and were doing classics they went and had a tour of it because it was like an arena oh like a, yeah like yeah, Coliseum yeah. like or... Coliseum and stuff because obviously they couldn't like go to Rome yeah. and so yeah they use the stadium that is cool yeah so n- we just need to get some theatre in the stadium <laughs> yeah well I mean a lot of you know well we were on at the um, well Julius Caesar I think is going to be on in the Medici Court mm. which is kind of half a yeah yeah half a in the round half an arena yeah kind of thing because the seats kind of curve around I mean it's fitting um, I'm hoping there'll be some great balcony action but as I said when Benny was talking about Julius Caesar briefly on the last episode of That's the Ticket, that I am um, hoping to get some people from the show um, on That's the Ticket in the new year. 
James Smith, the director, yep. is, has been on That's the Ticket many times, and so it'd be great to have them back on. Yeah, and James is really great to work with as well. It's... Yeah. But uh, now that's probably a good time for me to segue into upcoming events. Do it. I'm, I'm going to, but thank you for Go the on intro. Then. <laughs> um, so I'll start with Julius Caesar. Uh, which is running Sunday, uh, Sunday February 20th uh, at 3pm, Thursday February 24th at 6pm, and Saturday February 26th at 5am. That's a good one. Early in the morning. Have you, you've never done... No, I've been to watch, like as an yeah. audience member, but I have never performed that early in the morning. So yeah. So that'll be fun. Get along to it, guys. But actually, I say this every time uh, when I launch into upcoming events that yeah. I will be putting links up to where you can find tickets and more info on all the stuff I'm talking about. Are you going to just like plug the festival generally? That's my next oh, Do you want to do it? No, I just spoiled your... Yeah. Your, you go. This is ruined. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, on the topic of HGAF, because yeah. Julius Caesar is being uh, staged by Tahi Tahitasi yeah. as part of it, the other 3T, I like to refer to them as. Oh, yes. Yeah. But um, Hamilton Guns Arts Festival is running February 18th to 27th. And along with Julius Caesar, they've got tons of awesome stuff happening yeah every genre under the sun there really is something for everyone and um at a range of prices they've got koha events like the shakespeare they've got ticketed events they've got tammy nelson coming through um and you can uh get uh vouchers and tickets right now on their website just go to hgaf.co.nz to um fully view the program see what's up, plan your festival experience. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I can't plug it enough. And especially, I'm so stoked for Hamilton Arms Arts Festival because uh, earlier in the year, they were running a boosted crowdfunding campaign to kind of get the festival over the line. Yeah, and, and they, they hit, Yeah, they've yeah. done it. They've hit their target. The festival's happening programs are out and i'm just so stoked well, for them yeah i mean it's such an important integral part of the kind of kirikirilua's kind of creative scene like yeah. it's been going for kind of as long as i can remember which mm. isn't that long really um <laughs> but i think it's know, the be, same age as us yeah it would just be strange without it um yeah. so i'm really really pleased that they managed to make it work um it's certainly tough and also one of the um the only festivals that's actually going to happen, you know. Mm. Um, it's it's not Hamilton summer without it. No. For me personally. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. But actually, it's good to see um, elsewhere around Aotearoa, a lot of music festivals are able to go ahead yeah. over that New Year's period. Um, so I think, yeah, as I said earlier, it's on the way up for 2022, hopefully. Mm. But um, two other upcoming events... Um, in January, uh, Hamilton Musical Theatre are staging Beauty and the Beast Junior at Rivoli Theatre. That's running 18th to 22nd of January 2022. They have 11am and 2pm shows daily, plus a couple of 7pm shows as well. Uh, I had uh, the director for uh, that show, Tony Garson, on That's the Ticket a few episodes ago. And back then, tickets were already flying out the door. So mm -hmm. if you're keen to um, 
get along to some family-friendly entertainment in January, I highly recommend checking out iTicket and um, booking your tickets to Beauty and the Beast Junior because they are selling very fast. Um, also, while you're there, I'd get along to Mamma Mia because I'm going to be there. <laughs> I just love ABBA. You and do. I have a soft spot for it. Yeah. And then um, I've I've been plugging this pretty consistently every week, but it's it's something that is very important to me, uh, which is supporting the arts and the venues you love in Kitty Kiriroa uh, this Christmas and just over the holidays, I think. Because uh, it's definitely been a bit of a year, um, and a lot of places have, have had to close and cancel and have, have lost um, so so many events, so much money. Like, yeah. it's it's been a rough time, and so now more than ever, it's an important time to check out the fundraising or support us pages on your favourite venues' websites. Um, a lot of places are doing other kind of cool fundraising things. Yeah, and I mean, you can support venues by, you know, buying tickets as a gift for someone yep. or, you know, something like that. There's a there's lots of ways. Even if you can't necessarily financially um, support or gift to a, a venue or, or organisation, even like liking liking social media sharing events stuff like that helping to kind of raise awareness for stuff is also another way that you can show support and mm, or volunteer i know yep. hamilton guns arts festival they have awesome um festival volunteers every year the meteor theater clarence street Rivoli. they're all always willing to welcome yeah, volunteers think, in yeah. because it's almost a you know if you can't give money giving your time is is just yeah. Just as equal way. Find other ways to get involved, like backstage. I know Hamilton Operatic are often mm. looking for you know people who might be interested in trying something new and getting involved backstage. Just to, you know, you could be part of making these events happen. Exactly, and boy, I'm looking forward to making some events happen <laughs> next year, hopefully. But uh, thanks for coming on, Missy. Thanks for having me, Han. <laughs> no, it has been nice. Thanks. It is nice. Yeah. It's nice to just like sit and have a yarn. Yeah, and you've done a great job. So thanks, thanks for for providing or giving us that's the ticket this year, Hannah. The pleasure's been all mine. But uh Otewa, Mere Kirihimiti, Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, stay safe out there, and um I'll catch you in the new year. And uh the song I'm gonna play myself out on is Champagne Problems by Anna Vaus. It is a cover of a Taylor Swift song, and uh, here's hoping that you haven't got too many champagne problems in the new year. Kakite. You booked the night train for a reason, so you could sit there in this hurt. Bustling crowds of silent sleepers, you're not sure which is worse. Cause I. Dropped your hand while dancing Left you out there standing Crestfallen on the landing Champagne problems Your mom's ring in your pocket My picture in your wallet Your heart was glass, I dropped it Champagne problems You told your family for a reason You couldn't keep it your sister splashed out on the bottle 
Use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.